Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. What's up? You guys good? You guys all right? Hallelujah. It's a good night. It's a good day. The, the weather in heaven's good. That means it's also good here. Because heaven on earth. You didn't get that one. Come on, Joel. Thank you, Lord. Joel got it. Joel's with me tonight. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you do me a favor and warm up your laugher? Sometimes we need to loosen up. Did you know that in order to laugh, you have to let go of something? I'm going to make everyone feel so weird tonight. It's going to be awesome. I love it. I love doing this, and, and I'm more weird now than I was yesterday, so it's awesomer. Wow, thank you, Lord. Uh, did you know that the seriousness is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit? Whoa. But joy is? Ha, 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 ha. Whoa. I actually feel the anointing. I actually feel the, the presence of God on me right now. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, God, I thank you for your presence. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Just thank Him for His presence. Thank Him for His, his joy. Did you know in the Passion Translation it says, this is the fruit of the Spirit. It says love and then it says uh, joy that overflows and peace that subdues. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Did you know that in order to really experience that, you have to move from your left, your left brain to your right side of your brain? Some of us live in our left brain so much that you can't feel anything. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. Make me feel better. Ha. <laughs> and some of us were so into like, oh, if, it, if I don't have the perfect theology of this moment right now, I cannot enjoy it. You need to just flip over from the left to the right and just start feeling stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I can feel it in the room. I'm, I'm making people feel uncomfortable. This is awesome. So we're in, we're in this series on freedom, and if you, this is the deal. You have to let go of all the stuff. You have to let go of all the religious stuff. You have to let go of all the, I have to be perfect. You have to let go of all the, you know, if I'm, I didn't have, I didn't cross the T, I didn't dot the I, I have, I'm mad at this person. You got to let go of all that if you really want freedom. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. That's a good word. I, I'm kind of in a in a weird mood tonight, so I, I do have a, a, a I just quoted you some Bible verses if you wanted some Bible verses, but I'm just kind of in a weird mood tonight, so we'll see what happens. I I don't know. I just I <laughs> and I also wanted to say that I felt the pleasure of God on you, dude, when you were playing that bass. Like, I'm telling you, oh my gosh, it was so crazy, you were playing the bass back there, I looked at you once, and I was like, my God, God is, like, the pleasure of God is, like, all over you, and I feel like God's going to begin to open different doors for you in in different areas in life, Uh, maybe it's music, but I feel like it's also, like, career-wise things, too, that you, like, that are going to start opening for you, and and you're not going to have to push them open. Now, you know, you know. Sometimes we try to push doors open, we try to make everything happen for ourselves. It's awesome when God pushes the door open. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I feel like you're the kind of dude who just let God do what He wants to do and just surrender to His will. And so I just believe God's going to begin to, to open doors for you, and He's going to He's going to begin to like really, 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 really bless you. But but I'm telling you, the smile of God, the pleasure of God, I see Him. <laughs> oh man. Woo! 
I see him dancing and like totally like gut busting laughing over you right now. It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. I don't know what you do when you hang out with God, but it's like really fun. I don't I don't know what you do when you hang out with God. Maybe you just sit in a corner and laugh. I don't know what you do. But I feel like whatever you do when you hang out with God, it's really fun to him. Like he just really enjoys your time with him. Whether you're reading, you're praying, well, I don't, I don't even know what you do, but God, like, I, I, it's crazy. I don't, I get weird pictures sometimes, and right now, it's just, it's like really weird. I see you, that, like Jesus, like break dancing over you right now. It's really, it's really weird. But it is in the Bible, and if you need a Bible verse for it, it's Zephaniah three seventeen. The Bible says that God actually spins around with intense motion over His people. That's in the Bible. When the Bible says rejoice in Hebrew, it's the word gil, and gil means to spin around with an intense motion. Kind of like what Ben was doing at the dance show a few days ago. Praise God. That's in the Bible too. Freedom. Everyone say freedom. Freedom. So we do have a message. How to clear the airwaves. Wow. Can you warm up your laughter again? Because I feel like we're a little too tense right now. We are a little... The tension in the room is so thick you can just cut it with a knife. It's just really intense and it makes me uncomfortable. It's me. It's me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Come on. Now, how come some churches look like they're stuck in a freezer? You know what I'm saying? Why does that happen? I do not understand that. That is so weird. Maybe because the Spirit of the Lord's not there. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe. You know, the church of Laodicea, Jesus actually was not in the church. Did you know that? In Revelation chapter 3, this is verse 20. This is the verse that everyone uses for evangelism, but it's not really for evangelism. It's for the church. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. When you're standing at the door and knock, which, where are you? Inside or outside? You're outside the door. Oh, Laodicea, what the heck is going on? You're having church, but Jesus ain't at your church. He's on the outside looking in. Oh, my God. Did you know it's possible to have church without Jesus? Oh, man. And so these guys, Laodicea, Jesus sends a message to them saying, To the church in Laodicea, can you tell them something for me? This, this is what I hear them saying. I am rich, I have need of nothing, and I've got it all taken care of. And, and Jesus said, actually, I have a message for you. You're poor, miserable, blind, and naked. Oh, man. You need some Holy Ghost joy for that one. Oh, my God. Jesus comes to you and says, you're poor, miserable, blind, and naked. That means there's a, you're looking in the wrong mirror, bro. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I thought I was awesome. And Jesus said, I'm poor, miserable, blind, and naked. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus said, I'm standing at your door. And I'm can I come in? Can I come in? They're having church without Jesus. Is that crazy? They're having church without. So we're like, the lost, you know, someone who doesn't even know Jesus. Jesus is knocking at your door. I mean, I guess that works. You know, you could use it for that. But really, it was for church. And, and, and if we're having church without Jesus, then we're not even getting changed. We're just doing religious stuff. Oh, man. That's crazy. But, G, but the Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. How many of y'all can say that you actually experience that in your day-to-day life? For real though, for real, for real. Now that's crazy because not many people wanted to raise their hand. I don't know if that's just because you thought it was a rhetorical question or not. I'm not sure about that. But if no one raised their hand because you're not experiencing love, joy, peace, patience, or kindness, or goodness, or genitus, or self-control, then there's got to be something changing in our lives. Is that crazy? Like the Bible said, if the Holy Spirit is working in your life, that means if you're allowing, if you submit to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's James 4, 7. Just in case you want Bible verses, I give you Bible verses or I'll just be weird too at the same time. But here's the deal. He said, if the Holy Spirit is working in your life, you're submitted to God. 
then, then you should have love. You should have a peace that subdues all the chaos. You should have a joy that overflows. You should have a life full of virtue and goodness. You should have a life full of patience. You should actually be the most kind person. Come on. You, you, are you with me? How many of y'all know that means you need a supernatural touch of God if that stuff's going to happen in your life on a day-to-day basis? Someone say amen. amen. And we want the freedom. We want the summer of freedom. We want to live free in the Holy Spirit where the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. That means when you're in worship times and, in the, and Christy says, sing out, your, <laughs> sing out a song to the Lord. And it's, it's like you can hear a pin drop because only like three, three crazy charismatic people in the corner are saying something to God. And everyone else is like let their heads bowed and their zip lip. You know what I'm saying? That's, that, means, that means something's got to change a little bit. <laughs> you with me on this? Hey, I'm a worship leader. I, I, I feel you. And, and I, I'm just trying to... I'm, I didn't come here to rebuke everybody. I don't know. I just, this stuff is just bubbling out of me. So if it, it, if it rebukes you, awesome. Take it as a good word from the Lord. If not, then just, just say it's for your neighbor. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do. Alright. No, that's not what I do. But anyway... Like, like, I'm telling you that if these type of evidences are not happening in our life, then we have to ask ourselves the question, are we really submitted to God? Yeah. Because this is the life that Jesus lived. It's not just the life that some, you know, weird charismatic person does and, and tries to tell you to warm up your laughter and it just gets really weird in the room after that. Like, like this is actually the life of Jesus. He said, a joy that overflows. Yeah. Wow, a joy that overflows. That means that life is possible. And so what happens is, is the airways get, get clogged up. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you're, when you're on the phone and you, know, and you go through like San Alejo and you're driving up that hill. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? And, you go, and, you, and all of a sudden, like, Did I, and you're like, what you said? I said I loved you and I wanted to marry you, but now I don't. You know, it's like, what the? You know, like... Important things happen. You're trying to talk on the phone and the airwaves are all jacked up. And that's what happens in life sometimes. Our airwaves get jacked up. And, and what happens is, is God never stops speaking and we never stop hearing. It's just that a whole bunch of other things get in the airwaves and it clogs it up. So we can't distinguish what's God and what's not God. Wow. And, and, and I'm telling you tonight, if you want freedom, the Bible said that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That means you don't live by just the food that comes in your mouth. You live by the food that comes out of God's mouth. Wow. And, and that means that if you don't get God's word, then that, that means we're dying inside. And that means you're like, you might be like Laodicea. Can I come in? Can I come in? And, and Jesus is actually speaking all the time. We just have to clear the airways so we can get what he wants to tell us. And even some of the stuff that, that, you know, some things that I might say might offend you or something, but I'm telling you tonight that if you can get past the, the feelings of offense, then God will talk to you tonight and you'll get set, set free. Because what did Jesus say? If you know the truth, it'll set you free. Wow. Woo. Let's take a laughing break. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> You know how old people laugh? Old people laugh like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and you feel bad after they start, you know, it's, 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 it's like they got a smoker's cup at 85. It's crazy. Anyway, all right. Wow. And so the airwaves get clogged up, and God never stopped talking. And John 20, <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. Hallelujah. John 10, 27 says that Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So God is always speaking. You can't hear God's voice. The, 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 it's settled. Don't even... Who, I mean, here's the deal. If, if, if Emily says, I don't really hear God, but Jesus says she does, who's right? No. 
she knows she hears from God. And, but I'm telling you, if, if we say, no, I don't hear from God, and Jesus said you do, who, who's in the wrong right there? You know what I'm saying? It's not even a battle. You know what I mean? It's written for all eternity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's Jesus. And that, so whatever we say that's contrary to that, we're going to burn up in the fire. You know what I mean? And that's good. That's awesome, right? You know, we don't want our trash to be like floating around for eternity. Be like, burn that up, Jesus. Make me look real good. <laughs> and God is always talking and we need His Word to live, but it gets clogged up in the airwaves. And this is what I believe happens. There, there's some things that, that I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like a few things that clog up the airways. Distractions, distractions clog up the airways. I have a friend who is a lawyer, and uh, this is what he said. He's a criminal defense lawyer. That means he fights for the bad guys, which, you know, some of us may have some, some issues with that. But he's a born-again, spirit-filled dude. Like, he's a Holy Ghost writer dude. Like, he's an amazing guy. And, uh, and, and he's awesome, right? And, and so he, someone asked him, and they said, wait, why do you do this? He's like, well, I mean, God already judged them, so like, I, all I have to do is just partner with what the Lord is doing. So if God wants them to be free, they'll be free. If God doesn't want them to be free, they won't be free. I always just tell the truth and let, leave it up to God. This is what he told me. And so this is what he said, though. He said, a good lawyer, what they always do is they say, if, if like, say, for example, the, the focus of the thing is this phone right here. He'll, he, instead, of, instead of pointing to the thing that's going to convict them, all you do is you just, oh, let's look at this Bible right here. Oh, let's look at that piece of paper. Oh, there's a marker here. Oh, there's a different phone. Hey, did you guys see this keyboard right here? And that's all you do. You just point to everything else that's, that doesn't convict them, and you just distract everybody from the point that would convict them. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, no one likes it. All right, that's fine. Whatever. Here's the point. I'm, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make you like it now. I'll make you like it. This is why you like it. Because, because this is actually what the devil does. The devil takes your focus on everything that's peripheral, everything that's not important, everything that's less than, and gets you distracted from the main thing. From keeping the main thing the main thing. And so you're like, the Lord's like, hey, can you do such and such a thing? Or the Lord's like, read this thing. Or go share this thing. Or hey, just go hang out. Let, hey, you want to have a date with me? The Lord said, you know, whatever. And, and you will be distracted for days on end. You'll be like, man, I got to check my Facebook. Oh, snap. Someone just commented on my Instagram. Oh, hallelujah. I got a message on Facebook Messenger. Wow. I'm popular. I got 17 likes on that in 30 seconds. Man, I'm awesome. And you're like, oh, you're like stuck in all these distractions you be like well my sister's got this issue i gotta talk to her or my family's thing my family's got something going on i got a birthday party and then i got like you know this other thing and then there's a wedding and then there's like you know all the all this all day long and you got distractions of the yin yang but how do you know like it's not that the distractions were bad it's just that you spent your time on something that wasn't the main thing and it clogs up the airways because God's trying to lead you in a certain direction, but you got all the peripherals, and you say, "I gotta fix this. I gotta do this. I gotta do it." And you don't even see what's in front of you. Joy that overflows. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Holy Ghost. And the distractions—that's crazy. And this is what even Pharaoh did the same thing to Moses. Moses like let my people go, and he's like, "All right." Tomorrow, you know, he said that. He said that tomorrow I'm gonna let you do that. I mean, you know, we'd say that to God sometimes, you know, like, Lord, I know you're the creator of heaven and earth. You, you know, you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the cross. Oh, whatever, I messed it up. All that stuff, right? And you're amazing, God. You sing the whole song to him, and then you're like, uh, I know you want to talk to me right now. I got something else to do, though. You know? <laughs> Tomorrow. All right. <laughs> You're like, 
tomorrow. And it's just a distraction. God's like God never stopped talking. God never stopped pursuing you. God loves you, but you got clogged up in the airwaves. You know what I'm saying? That you with me on this? And and the airwaves got clogged up, so it, it, you just got caught up in some lesser things. And it's not like the other things were bad. It's just that you got caught up. And, and just like Pharaoh's like, tomorrow, you know, that's, that's, by the way, I don't know if you guys ever heard the phrase, tomorrow is the devil's favorite word. Anyway, it, that's where it came from. And, and it came from the Exodus story with Moses and Pharaoh. Anyway, all right. So how many of y'all can identify some distractions in your life that you know, like, okay, there's some things that I have been getting on the peripheral too much about, and I really need to get with the Lord on this. And just prioritize. It doesn't mean you don't do the other things. It just means you do it when God wants you to do it. And I'm, I'm telling you, the Bible says, commit your way to the Lord, and, and He will prosper your path. Amen? That's Proverbs 16, something in there. You read the whole chapter. It's good for you. All right. Here's another, here's another voice. That, that clogs I'm talking about freedom here, okay? I'm talking about freedom comes from hearing the voice of God and walking with Christ. And, and if, we, if we can hear His voice consistently and not be distracted, then we'll walk in freedom. I'm telling you the truth. And so another thing is the, the voice of guilt and the voice of shame. The voice of guilt and shame jack fools up like crazy. I'm telling you, that little devil, that, that devil tries to mess with people's brains so much. Because this is what guilt does. Guilt says you did something wrong, and shame says you are something wrong. Wow. Let's go to a laugh break for a second here because that was a little heavy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Right brain, right brain. Thank you, Lord. All right. Wow. So the voice of guilt says you did something wrong and comes along with condemnation because that means you're going to be condemned for what you did wrong. And that makes you feel not too good inside and it clogs you up from hearing the goodness of God if you're listening to that voice too much. Are you with me on this? If we listen to that voice too much, it jacks us up from hearing the goodness of God. And we need the goodness of God because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance so that we can get ourselves out of the mess. Repentance gets you out the pit. I know you all don't want to live in the pit. And so... So what happens is we listen to the voice of guilt and it leads us to condemnation and we feel like, man, I need to be punished. And I, I'm messed up. And, and God's like, um, uh, Jesus was punished for you so that way you could go free. But what happens sometimes is we get clogged up with the guilt and condemnation and we're all clogged up in here and we can't hear God. And, and he's, he says the goodness of God leads us to repentance, but we don't even want to repent because we're all jacked up and stuff. You with me? And and, and so this is what happened with Adam and Eve. They sinned, and the Bible says they were afraid, and so they hid. This is Genesis chapter 3. It's the principle of sin, fear, and hiding. Always happens just like that. Sin, fear, and hiding. Sin, fear, and hiding. We always do that. We sin, uh, uh, we get afraid of God, and then we start hiding from God. But how many all know the the gospel is uh, that we can actually come to God now? Because He came after us. But we don't hear that message very clearly when the voice of guilt and shame is screaming in our ear. You with me on this? If you're with me, say amen. amen. And so the voice of, of guilt says that, but the, the, the voice of shame is even worse. It's even worse because it doesn't just say you did something wrong, it says you are something wrong, which really goes to the core of your identity. Because the core of your identity has to know uh, what, what is prophesied over Mike that we are a new creation in Christ and all the old stuff is passed away and behold, all things have become new. That's the reality of who we really are. It's, it's not that one day we'll become good. It's like the second you accepted Jesus, you got His righteousness wrapped around you like a robe. And when God looks at you, He looks at Jesus. Like, you with me on this? That's crazy, crazy, deep, deep stuff right there. But I'm telling you, the more that that gets in the core of your being, that voice of shame will have no power in your life. Because you will not listen to any voice that tells you you're something less than what God said you are. Boom! 
Now, now here's where it comes down to. That's what happened with, with David and Goliath. Uh, you know, they listened to Goliath taunt them for 40 days straight. And, and Goliath, he could talk trash. Like, he could tell your mama jokes like crazy. I mean, people get their jaws broken over that kind of stuff. But, but, sorry. But Goliath talked so much trash. But what I think is so crazy is that they sat there and listened to him for 40 days. Can you imagine that? Like someone's talking the worst trash you could ever hear. And they're pinpointing every single flaw that you have in your life. And they're calling it out in front of everybody. And they're saying it over and over and over. How many of you know the devil is consistent when he, when he comes at us? He, he's not just throwing one arrow. He's like, hey, like 500 demons. Let's all throw this at the same time for like 17 days straight. You know, like, and they don't mess around, man. That's why we need to shield the faith, but that's another message. But the thing is, they, 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 they got taunted and taunted, and the whole reason why Goliath got defeated is because there was one dude who wasn't listening to that trash for 40 days. And he was the one who was listening to the Father's beloved stuff coming all over him. You know, he was found as a man after God's own heart, and David said stuff like this, he rescued me because he delighted in me. So how many of you know David knew who he was? David got his identity straight from God, and he wasn't about to listen to that voice of shame tell him that he was less than what God said. So he comes on the scene, and sometimes people make it out like, you know, he, he told Saul, he said, I killed the lion, I killed the bear, and this fool right here will be just like one of them. That's what he said. That's the Andrew Hopkins translation. But sometimes we preach it like the lion, the bear, and then Goliath is like the crazier part. But I don't know if you've ever seen a lion like up close before. I'm thinking like killing a lion and a bear uh, with your bare hands, no pun intended. Like that's... A, that's easier than killing a nine-foot human. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, I, sometimes we preach like, oh, he killed the lion, the bear, and so he could finally face his Goliath one day. Like, what the heck, dude? I would rather face a nine-foot human than a stinking lion multiple times. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's how he had so much courage because he, the Lord had helped him defeat all these things so easily that he's like, what the heck is this? You guys are scared of this trash right here? And, 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 and because he had a whole other perspective. Why? Because he got his identity from the Lord and he knew God would always back him. That's gangster stuff. David is the original gangster. It's in a different translation. Y'all don't know about it. All right. How many of y'all can say, though, how many of y'all can say that you've heard that voice of shame talking to you before? Now, here's the deal, man. I'm telling you, we have to break agreement with that stuff, and we have to feed on truth. Here's another voice, the voice of fear. The voice of fear. I'm telling you, the voice of fear is so nasty. And, th- and some of you guys might have heard this. It's an acronym, uh, false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. It's the original fake news. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth on that one. That is the original fake news. Everything that fear broadcasts is always fake news. It is projecting a, a negative outcome on every circumstance in your life just to jack you up in your present. So it jacks up your future so that you're jacked up in your present. That's what fear does. And man, I'm telling you, I know this because I've lived it. I know what it's like to create crazy what-if scenarios. And the what-if scenarios have, I'm telling you, out of my entire 33 and a half years of life. Praise wow. God. <laughs> Those what-if scenarios have never helped me. That voice of, of fear, man, I'm telling you, it never, it never, 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 never helps me. Oh, I do have notes. Praise the Lord. 
That's all I need to see. All right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that voice of fear skews your viewpoint. It distorts, it distorts your reality. Because you think something's really happening, but it's really not. Because fear creates a false perception of reality. And so you start thinking like, oh man, uh, you know, I, I'm going to like, you know, he's like, I can't pay my cable bill. And then it, it escalates into, I can't pay anything. And then it escalates to, I want to be in the streets for my whole life. And then it escalates, I'm going to be living out of a dumpster. You know, like, what are my kids going to do? I don't even have kids, but I might have kids while I'm on the streets. And then like, oh, and my dad's going to walk by me. He's going to see me and I'm going to feel shame. You know, like. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> escalated a little too quickly right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that escalated a little long. And I know I just made up some random scenario, but I guarantee most of us in this room have gone to crazy places like that in our brains. <laughs> and all the while, God's still talking. God is still talking. It's crazy that God is still talking in the midst, but we have a, God is so good that He gives us an opportunity to choose what voice we're going to listen to. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? And so that's why He would always tell His disciples, like He would talk to them about their faith. He would rebuke them for their lack of faith, and then He would, you know, he would encourage other people for their great faith. You know? It's like faith seemed to be a pretty big issue with the Lord, you know? especially in pertaining to healing and all these supernatural things. And, and he said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could, you could speak to this mountain and it will actually move for you. Like, that's crazy. That means you don't need a whole lot of faith. But here's the deal. What happens is we, we have X amount of faith, but we also have X amount of doubt and unbelief. And so if I'm trying to pull this thing this way with my faith, but we also have doubt pulling it that way, how many of you know if we're doing equal faith, equal doubt, this thing's not moving anywhere? A lot of times our, our, our doubt and our unbelief cancels out our faith and we're neutral. Wow. That's crazy right there. Is that crazy? Wow. Let's take a Selah. We don't even have to laugh, but let's just take that one in. Ha <laughs> ha, I want to laugh anyway. <laughs> wow. That's really good. Thank you, Lord. Wow. And I'm telling you, sometimes, it, sometimes we think like, oh, is it possible to have faith and doubt in your heart at the same time? Yeah. It's actually possible to have belief and doubt in your heart at the same time. That's why Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed and do not doubt in your heart, like he's telling you, he said, you can actually have it at the same time. And he's giving you the key. And so sometimes it's not just about building our faith. Sometimes it's about destroying our doubts. Like breaking agreement with our unbelief so that our faith can skyrocket. We don't need a whole lot of faith, remember? We only need a mustard seed. Just a little bit. A little tiny bit. Look at your neighbor and say, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't need a whole lot. Sometimes we spend all of our time saying, I need to read the Word. Faith comes by hearing the Word. I need the faith. Yeah. <laughs> I need faith, Lord. And God's like, you have faith. All you need is the size of a mustard seed. But what you do need to do is you need to start eradicating your unbelief. You need to stop thinking that like, like joy is just like some, for, some weird charismatic thing. <laughs> You need to stop thinking that like the more anointed people can prophesy and the more anointed people can heal the sick. But like me, I'm not really that cool right now. I, I, my friend, you know, you know, he's no Ben. He he laid hands on a blind lady. She got healed at six months years old in the Lord. Like six and six months old in the Lord. I didn't say years. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> six months old in the Lord, a blind lady's getting healed because he's praying in faith. That you don't want to, You want to know why it was so easy for him? Because he didn't get clogged up with religious garbage. You know, garbage. Garbage. <laughs> I wanted to say two words at the same time, but garbage will stick with garbage. He didn't get stuck with religious garbage that that try to make you have to feel like you're qualified in order to do the works of Jesus. Did you know Colossians 1.12 says, "Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light." That's 
good, man. I don't have to qualify myself. No, sir, you don't, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Dad already did it for you. That's good right there. And religious garbage, garbage like just messes with our like our brains, man, and it clogs it up. And we get all jacked up thinking, I gotta be doing this, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Check this out. Oh, I did this. Oh, check this off my religious duties list. And you get, it's like, before long, it's like Jesus is boring to you after that. Is that weird? But it might be like, he, he might be on the outside at Laodicea still. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I know y'all have a church, but. Can I come in? <laughs> That's crazy if Jesus has to actually ask if he can come into your church. Wow. Hopefully Laodiceans open the door for him. If not, let's pray for him. Lord, help Laodicea right now. And send it retroactive back to whatever that time was. Anyway. <laughs> that might be able to work. I don't know. We'll see what happens when we get to heaven. So there's the, all these... These airwaves, and they're, and all these voices are clogging up the airwaves, and we don't even realize. I, I can guarantee, now that I started naming some things that the devil likes to do, I, I think we can start identifying some stuff and be like, oh, snap, I have been actually tuned into the wrong station. You know what I'm saying? I know we don't do this to turn the radio anymore. When I was a kid, we used to do this to turn the radio, and it'd be like one millimeter over, and then you get like some crazy like Mexican station, like La Banda, you know, and they're like, and you're like, uh, I wanted Bon Jovi. What's going on right now? You know, because like, that was cool back then. And so you know, you all know what I'm saying. We, we used to turn knobs back in the day. I know y'all just push a button now, or you just do Pandora or something like that. But back in the day, we used to have to turn. Spotify. Is that cooler than Pandora now? I don't know. I use Apple Music, okay? <laughs> Upgrade. And so, I, <laughs> they, sometimes we've been tuned into the wrong radio station, and we wonder why we feel like there's a dark cloud over our lives. We wonder why worship's hard to get engaged with. We, want, we wonder why it's like, man, last week I was doing awesome, and then, like, I don't know what happened, and we just tuned into the wrong station, and we got to clear the airwaves. You with me on this? We got this is freedom, man. I'm telling you, this is freedom when you're able to actually tune in to what the Lord's saying and tune out everything else that the devil's trying to throw at you. And I'm telling you, I know this might freak some people out, but it's just it's just demons trying to give you their thoughts. I know that might freak some people out. But the Bible says, "Greater is He that's within us than He that's in the world." And sometimes, just at the moment of commanding a spirit of fear to get up and off your life and, and go to the abyss, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's awesome because it actually works. When Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs will accompany those who leave. In my name, they'll cast out demons. It's not just, sometimes you've got to kick devils out of your house. You've got to kick devils out of the influence in your, in your sphere. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'm not trying to tell you to find devils under every doorknob. I'm just trying to say, like, if you're perpetually dominated by thoughts of fear, then you should just rebuke that spirit of fear and tell it to get out of you get out of your life you with me like the bible says fear is not just an emotion it's actually a spirit that's the bible that's first second uh, timothy 1 7 god did not give you a spirit of fear and actually in greek it's not phobos which is the normal fear but it's it's a it's another greek word and it means intimidation that's why he says god did not give you a spirit of timidity in some translations uh, because it's intimidation. How many of you know that's exactly what Goliath was trying to do to the armies of Israel? Intimidate them. Because if he can intimidate them, he knows he can win every time. Because if they got out on that battle with the Lord fighting for them, they knew they were crushed. 
They knew it. So the devil knows that you already win because light always wins over darkness. But what is he going to get you to do? He's going to try to get you to not even get in the fight. Because he knows if you're in the fight, then he's already done skis. You with me? The battle has already been won. Praise God. And all we do is enforce the finished work of the cross. We just say, Jesus already paid for it. Get your nasty little hands out of my life. Your grimy little greasy yuck. Get, don't touch me and don't even look at me. You know what I'm saying? Like That's what you got to tell the devil. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, he, he's a revivalist in the early 1900s, and he was at this bus stop hanging out, and some lady came walking her dog. Her dog was like disobeying. He's like, get over here right now. Like, she, whatever, that was how I would do it. But she like rebuked her dog and like made it go this way, and he, and he turns to his associate and says, hey, you see how that lady just handled that dog? She's like, that's how you got to handle the devil. <laughs> I'm like, Bam! That's awesome. That's all. I just got awesome. And like, I, I'm like, dang. Why, well, what, what's the point? Not only is he just telling it what it needs to do, but he has no intimidation towards the spirits. No intimidation towards darkness. No intimidation. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. I don't go picking fights that I don't need to fight in. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. If there's a good fight, that means there's also a bad fight. I don't get in bad fights. I get in good fights. <coughs> Say amen. That's a good word. Wow. It's a good time to take a laughing break. Thank you, Jesus, for the joy that overflows. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, man. It helps it go in more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. What's on the notes? What is on the notes? I told you I'm in a weird mood tonight and I feel good about it. Wow. Thank you, Lord. This is where we're going to go. So this is funny. You guys quoted this verse earlier tonight and I have it in my notes. We've used them. I just said to look at them. Hebrews 4.16, we read it earlier. It says, Let us therefore approach the throne of grace boldly. And to help us find uh, mercy and grace in time of need. Well, what's the point? The word boldly, actually, and in, in, if you flesh it out, you probably see this in the Amplified Bible, but it means uh, unreserved speech and cheerful courage. That's good. Like, now think of this. When you're in like a desperate time of need, is the first thing that you think of when you're coming to God's throne is cheerful courage? <laughs> Because that's what the Bible's telling you to do, by the way. That's Hebrews 4.16 if you need it. Cheerful courage. He says the way that you should approach God is cheerful courage. And he said the reason why, because we don't have a high priest that cannot, uh, uh, he's not able to sympathize, but he actually has been tempted in every way that we've been tempted, but he's without sin. So this is awesome. That means the reason why we could come to Jesus with cheerful courage, knowing that we're going to get what we need when we come to him, is because we have a God, we have a priest who understands us completely. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, he gets me. He gets me. Wow. He gets me. He just gets me. He just gets me. You know, I mean, that could be a Nicholas Sparks deal right there. That's the next Nicholas Sparks movie. I'm telling you, he just gets me. That's what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? We've had good ones. You know, Dear John, that was was nice. And all the other ones. But the next one's going to be, he just gets me. And it's going to be about Jesus. It's amazing. He just gets me. You know the safety that comes when someone just gets you. You know that. You don't, you don't even have to like, you, all you have to do is just look at them, say like two words, and they already know the entire story. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. You just look at them and you're like, oh. 
And because they get you and because they know you, they can tell you everything that just happened. Not even because they're prophetic, just because they're your friend. You know what I mean? It helps if they're prophetic because that's awesome. Because then they can give you even more. You know, you're like, oh, I didn't see that. Hallelujah. And you got the cheerful courage going on. But like, this is Jesus. He said, let us approach the throne of grace boldly with cheerful courage with unreserved speech. That means you don't even have to worry about what you're saying when you come to God. Unreserved speech. You don't even have to worry. Like You don't have to go like, Oh, our Father, hallowed be thy name. I come to you in the name of you. You can actually talk to Him normal. Is that real? I mean, I still believe that He's holy and He's king and He deserves reverence. But, I, I mean, it says cheerful courage and unreserved speech. That means you can be real. Did you know when the Bible says seek the Lord with all your heart, it didn't mean with more effort and try harder? Oh, that was so good. So Jeremiah 29, uh, we all know 11, but verses 12 and 13 are even better. It says if you seek me with all your heart, then you'll find me. Did you know that all your heart does not mean try harder? I think that's how we probably view it a lot of times because we think like, oh, my heart! <laughs> Sing it again! <laughs> Here is all my love! <laughs> how do I get this out? How do I, how do I get it all out? This is what it means. I, I honestly believe this is what it means. It doesn't mean try harder. It means with the reality of who you really are. Unreserved speech. That's what unreserved speech is. You come to God with real talk. Genuine. Like you come... I put some... Here, here's some... I put, be real, be present. How, how about that? Be present with God. Wow, that's crazy. We could actually go through an entire set of worship. We can go through an entire service and be present but not be present. Wow. Wow, I feel like you might need a laugh break after that one because that just got intense. Listen... <laughs> Sometimes we're, we're present, but we're not present. We're singing the songs. Wait, wait, wait a second. There's a verse for it. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts far from me. Can I come in? Can I, if I come in, we'll have a dinner together. It's going to be awesome. Can I come in? This is, this is Jesus. You can be present, but not present. You can be completely disconnected while singing the songs. You can be completely disconnected while shouting amen. And I like to shout amen. You can be completely disconnected. What does it mean to seek God with all your heart? To be completely present. To be completely connected. Wait, here's the phrase. Open up. Vulnerability. That's when things actually change. You heard me say this before, but the reason why God hates hypocrisy is because you're presenting a fake version of yourself. And you want God to touch the fake version of yourself because you think He likes the fake version of yourself better. Because I performed good, so here's the fake version of myself. I did a lot of good things for you. Can you love that version? And the problem is, He'll do it. But the real you never gets changed because you never presented the real you. That's why God hates hypocrisy. Wow. That's a good word. How do you seek God with all your heart? Stop. <laughs> you seek God with all your heart by being fully present, being fully connected. I love stories where, you know, I've heard uh, Pastor Daniel tell this story when, when he first got saved, they were talking about rebuking the devil. He, he started cussing the devil out in a prayer meeting. <laughs> like, you mother bitch! 
you know, can you, can you imagine that? Because he, he got... He got saved out of being a drug dealer. He didn't know what was right or what was wrong. But you know what? I believe it was anointed prayer because he did it with all of his heart. And I'm sure some people got offended. But like, you did a, I mean, yeah, like, don't cuss on the pulpit, you know, whatever. I get that. Like, and I get that. Like, obviously, I don't believe in that. But I'm telling you, if that's is that the core of your heart, then, like, let it come out. Like, let... You get what I'm saying? Like, let the stuff just come out of you so God can work with you. You know what I mean? Like... Let the let, like let the junk just come out. Let it all let it all come out. There it is. That's a that's a song. And it's awesome like that. It's so much better like that. I'm telling you, if you just be real with the Lord. How do we get on that? Because here's the deal. Uh, we're clearing the airways. We're dealing with all this stuff. And sometimes we have to go like go like one of the main ways to start clearing the airways is run to God. Because Adam and Eve ran away from God. we got to run to God. And so instead of... So this is where distractions come in. Distractions come in because we think somehow that if we don't deal with our problem and start doing other religious duties outside of that, we think somehow we're still doing okay. Uh, okay, here's a case in point. Like, I have... Say, say I have this issue in my heart. I've been dealing with shame. I've been dealing with fear. And I'm, and I'm like beating myself up. And I'm like, oh, I don't believe what God's saying about me and all this stuff. But I, I'm too afraid to approach God because remember the principle of sin, fear, and hiding? I started doubting the, the, the sin of unbelief. I started doubting God. And so I feel a little ashamed. I don't even want to look God in the face because I feel ashamed. So I'm running from Him and I'm listening to those voices and I'm believing lies. And, and so what happens is uh, because I know the right thing I need to do is like maybe I should just read the Bible. Maybe I should go to church. Maybe I should you know, uh, like study something or read a book or like pray in tongues or something like that. Or even just pray and talk about everything except for the thing that's really on my heart. We start distracting ourselves because we don't want to deal with the pain. Wow. And sometimes the distractions are sins. Because sometimes we're like getting wasted and getting drunk because we're trying to drink the pain away. We're trying to drink the, the, the memories away and all that stuff. Sometimes, you know, even sexual sin comes in there because it's a false sense of comfort. And so we feel like, oh man, I'm comforted by this, this moment of intimacy, false intimacy. And so that helps, but only for a temporary time. And all the while, that we're still bleeding inside. Because we're listening to the voices, but we're running from God. We're still doing Christian things. All the peripheral stuff is still good, but we're, st- we're distracted from unreserved speech. We're, we're distracted from being real with God. Wow, it just got real up in here. But we do it. And we distract ourselves because we don't want to deal with the problem. And wait, wait, let's go back now. Run to God. Why? Because we have a priest who can sympathize with us and he understands us. And we can come with cheerful courage knowing that he's not going to reject us but he's always going to accept us. We can come to him because not because we, we feel like we're worthy but because he made us worthy. We can come to him not because we qualified ourselves with our performance because he qualified us at the cross. We can come to him knowing that there's a smile and a hug always at the end of the tunnel. You with me on this? That's why it's cheerful courage. There's always, there's always a hug and a smile. I'm telling you, it's like the trolls all over. They hug, they dance, and they smile. And the, what is it? They sing. That's what it is. They sing, they dance, and they hug. It's always, it's always trolls in the throne room. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> By the way, if you want a Bible verse for that, that's Revelation chapter 4. There's a rainbow over the throne. But bam, all the colors. Bam! Hallelujah. That is in the Bible, and I'm telling you the truth. God always is singing, He's always dancing, and He's always hugging, and He always wants to hug you. That's, that's a huge contrast from living in the, in the valley of shame, fear, guilt, and condemnation. Yeah. 
That's a dark, dark, dark valley, and it only leads to worse dark, dark, dark valleys. And the lie is, we start believing the shame that not just that I did something bad, that I am something bad, and now we're afraid to approach God because we don't think God likes bad things, but the, <laughs> the gospel is God came for bad people. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that so crazy, man? Like, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. That's wild, man. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Because without Him, you ain't going to get it. You can't understand the gospel unless the Holy Spirit draws you and opens your eyes. Wow. So we need to pursue God. And I'm telling you, so you run to God. How do you, how do you clear the airways? You run to God. And, and you get what I mean when I say all that because I just said all that. All right. The other part is this. We're, we're, we're coming to a landing. The plane is almost landing. Are you guys okay? We're, we're, yeah. We just got confirmation from the tower. We're about to land. He said, he said Amen. <laughs> Maybe I should end right now. Praise God. All right. We run to God. We resist the devil. That's James 4, 7. Resist, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Why do we, how do you, resisting means you're actively fighting against. Doesn't mean we go chasing devils around. But we talk to them just like I was saying earlier. You just don't, let, you don't tolerate that stuff in your life. We don't tolerate shame in our life. And that, that voice, that spirit of shame, that spirit of guilt, that spirit of fear, we don't tolerate it. We just rebuke that bad boy and tell it to get out of our lives and then just move on. You know, it's crazy that, like, you know, there's a guy named Harold Bradison who was, uh, you know, he was part of the Charismatic Renewal. Uh, he actually did the first wedding, which was kind of crazy, but I didn't know who he was. But um, anyway, he, he had this story where someone was like, Harold, can you pray for me? He's eating his breakfast, eating his eggs and stuff. He's like, can you pray for me? I just feel like the spirit of fear, fear is tormenting. He's like, all right, spirit of fear, get out. Ugh, I can't even talk. Spirit of fear, get out right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And he just goes back <laughs> eating his eggs. And the guy's like, can you, I, I, can you pray for me? He's like, I just told to leave. You're fine, man. Just move on. You know, like, and the dude didn't understand. Like, he just rebuked that devil, and the devil's got to go. Just move on with your life. And, and, and don't just wow. pretend, but just believe yeah. that when the thing got rebuked, you're good to go. You're good to go. Someone say, I'm good to go. And so we, we just resist the devil. James said that if you resist the devil, go flee. That's the Bible. The last thing is this. Is I'm gonna just it's Psalm 34 verse three. Psalm 34 verse three. David says, "Oh, magnify the Lord with me." And that word "magnify" is what I'm after. Magnify the Lord. So we run to God. We resist the devil. We magnify God. And why is that so important? Because magnifying means to make something enlarged. Mm-hmm. And and if you look even into deeper, it means to make much of. How many of you know? Sometimes we are making much of our problems. You know, it's like more money, more problems. You know, we're just all in that song. You know, I'm coming. You know, and we just got the whole thing, and we got songs about it, and we're talking about our problems. We are rehearsing them, and we're actually magnifying our problems. And they're actually getting the more you talk about them. Guess what? Whoa, they're getting bigger. You're magnifying them. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh my gosh! Oh, I want to be homeless. I'm not gonna have anything. Ah! And we like magnify the whole thing. And and David said, "Can you magnify the Lord with me?" Let's magnify the Lord. And it doesn't mean that you make God greater because He's already the greatest, but it just means in your viewpoint and in your world, you make Him great. You make Him bigger than all the stuff in your, in your, in your mindset, in your viewpoint. You with me? And when you magnify the Lord, I actually believe that it, it shrinks all the problems. And, and all of a sudden, it takes the sting out of them so they don't affect you the way they did you know, 20 minutes ago or whatever it is. You know? 
Because you magnified the Lord. Magnify the Lord with me. Wow. Shadabaranda. Parabalar Labamba. Did we get everything, Lord? I think we got everything. Wow. That's good. <laughs> Oh man, I'm telling you, it's the key to walking in freedom. We're gonna clear the airwaves, recap, clear the airwaves, run to God, resist the devil, and magnify the Lord. Here's what I want you to do for a second here. Uh, can let's just let's let's see what happens. Uh, shout out your favorite name of God, your favorite characteristic quality of God. I don't even care if you start shouting out. Goodness. Peace. Forgiving. Ooh, he me. Loving. Yeah. Yeah. What's that mean? <laughs> David, what does that mean? David, what does El it's like the Lord Almighty, the Almighty. <laughs> Almighty. Come on. Let's do it again. Keep going. I, this is really good. We're magnifying the Lord. Yeah. Wonderful counselor. Yeah. The best friend. Daddy. Come on. Comforter. Wow. Let's stand and do this. This is really good. Oh, Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. Thank you, God. Just keep... It's not even for me to hear. It's not even for your neighbor to hear. We just magnify, just magnify yeah. the Lord with me. Thank you, God. We magnify you. The provider, the, God, the restorer, the redeemer, God. Almighty. The great reward. Oh. The rescuer. Wow. Wow. The fire. <laughs> the lifter of my life. My friends. My joy. King. Wow. Save. Woo! Restore. My rock. Jesus, Messiah, the Breaker. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I know this might be weird for some of us, but this is awesome right now. This is really awesome. We just magnify you, Lord, tonight. We magnify you, Lord. Come on, magnify the Lord. Let's exalt yeah, His name. So good, God. You're the so Father to the Son, you're so amazing. The husband you're so to the widow. Oh, thank you, God. Never leave. Never forsake. Always, Jesus. Always present. The Christ. Always loving. The Anointed One. Always Always. The Mighty Deliverer. The Lamb of God. Wow. The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. We magnify you. We 
Oh, oh, oh. 
upon us the glory of God. We stand in the glory, Lord. Magnify you. Thanks. Tonight we run to you, we magnify you, we resist that devil, we thank you that he has to run from us. We break agreement with fear, shame, guilt, and every distraction. You say that with me, say, yeah, I break agreement. Fear, with fear, with guilt, with, guilt, with, guilt, with shame, with, shame with, with condemnation, with condemnation, and with every distraction. With every distraction. You are my one desire, Jesus. You are my one desire, Jesus. And I magnify you. It's real good. Wow. I'm telling you, if you worship like that every time you come here. <laughs> it'll be awesome. This is the kind of worship that makes God build a throne in our midst. And I want to encourage you, like, just go there. Yeah. Just go there, live there, let it like, let it be your normal. I'm telling you, the reason why this works is because people spend time in that atmosphere over and over, and it becomes normal and not uncomfortable. I understand that there's times of uncomfortability, but it's like putting on new shoes. You know, like you just gotta wear them in, and it's actually the place you're meant to live in. So. So God, I thank you for that in this place. I thank you for people who magnify you above all their circumstances and all the different things that, and voices that try to attack them. And Lord, I thank you for people. It's extravagant worship, extravagant praisers, exuberant expression. Not because you're in a certain style of church, but because he's that amazing. Oh man, that was good. You're really good, God. Ah, I don't know about you, but like I, I'm like, I'm gonna turn this way so it feels like I'm receiving too. Because <laughs> I'm getting some good stuff just by sitting in it too. So thank you, Lord. You're just amazing, Jesus. Oh, you're just really, really amazing. You're everything the Bible says you are. You're everything I heard the preachers say you are. You're, you're all the good things. You're all the, the testimonies that I've heard, God. It's, you're so good. And we just magnify you tonight. Let us be caught up in wonder every day. And when we get out of it, God, I thank you that the way it's really easy back here. Thanks. We love you. We love you and love you.
Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.